0: You are about to listen to another episode of That Sports Guy's podcast hosted by Craig Forrestal. Find Craig on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy. The That Sports Guys podcast is proudly featured by NFL Draft Diamonds, your draft coverage king. So sit back, relax, and
1: enjoy some football talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Sports Guy's podcast. I am Craig Forrestal. You might know me from Twitter as at that underscore sports underscore guy. But tonight I'm switching it up on everyone. I have high school football coach and MMA writer and reporter Kyle Carroll here with me. Kyle, what's going on with you?
0: Not a whole lot, Craig. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, Always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, Like you said, I'm a high school football coach for Shaman High School an all-boys Catholic school on Long Island, as well as MMA writer for MyMMANews.com, which is actually now a top 10 MMA website for news, which is pretty sweet. Um, Been a part of it since the very beginning, and uh, it's been quite the journey.
1: And let's go ahead with that real quick, because you're talking about the content you put out on MyMMANews.com. But don't be bashful. You also have a podcast too. Go ahead, plug the podcast real quick. Let them know where we can find you. <laughs> I, do,
0: I do an MMA podcast. I also get in a few people that don't have nothing to do with MMA, but it's Carol's Corner MMA podcast where I get um, MMA fighters from the UFC, Bellator, and local the local scene. Come on, talk about their story. Uh, join us. Uh, join me for uh, 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how much they like to talk, and uh, we chat about. Uh, Anything they want to speak about, MMA, how they got into it, a little bit of everything. So just a good way to get to know people and uh, catch up and talk about their fights and stuff. But if you want to check it out, you can go to my YouTube channels, um, Giblets J-I-B-L-I-T-Z 77. That I find Type it in, you'll find my YouTube channel. has all the interviews on there. Or uh, yeah, or you could go to News.com and find all the uh,
1: articles and interviews on there as well. And like Kyle said, he's a busy guy, but I've known Kyle a long time. Our friendship actually goes back almost 15 years now, man. We're getting old. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. So, what I'm going to do is we're actually frat brothers. Kyle and I, we lived in the house together, we shared a suite. It was me. Kyle and then our our other frat brother, Earl, was there. Earl had the middle suite. We had the two rooms on the end. And uh, it was always a good time in our suite. Everyone always knew that they could come by if they wanted to have a good time. We were always down to clown. But, Kyle, I'm going to take you back to the first night that we met. And I want you to let me know where I go right or where I go wrong. Because I think this is where the OT pizza mystery started. So I'm going to jump into it. You ready? Yep. All right. So it was either a Friday or a Saturday night because we were having a party at the house. We had just gotten back from winter break because I remember it being cold out and I was working the back door, which was actually the main entrance to the house on whenever we had parties or whatever. You came rolling up. I forget who you were with. I was by you had, myself. Okay. Yeah. Because you, you came walking up in a group of people and you had the Tims on with the jeans the New York Yankee fitted and I was just like, oh man, this kid, this kid's not from Milwaukee. He's not from around here because we actually went to college and met out in the Milwaukee area. And so uh, you came up to the front door and you actually tried to pay me to get in. You actually tried to pay me for your cop <laughs> at the back door. Do you remember that? I, I do. I,
0: I remember that like it was yesterday. It's funny. I was coming hey. from another party. It was the first weekend after school started the first of uh, the, the uh, spring semester. Like, so I just transferred in. And I walked up, um, I was coming from the football house and I wasn't a fan of that party. So I was looking for another party and I kept passing that house when I visited and when I was at school for the first week and I'm like, let me walk up. And yeah, you're the first guy. I'm like, Hey, can I get a cup? And yeah, I th- usually I've been to so many little like parties elsewhere, like Rutgers and stuff. And mm-hmm. you walk up and usually you go through the front door, but like, no, man, go through the back door. But you're cool. <laughs> you're,
1: you're cool about it. You're like, come on in and party. Hmm. did you did you get a free cup that night because i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i told them at the at the table to, the table is where we collected payment five dollars for your cup all that sort of thing i, I did not to... get a
0: free cup i did not get one i walked around i believe it was either dylan or his brother his twin brother took my money and then i went downstairs and i, I remember getting I'm filling one cup of beer up and then and then that <laughs> was packed down there and then i remember oh, yeah. everyone getting kicked out it was a fight
1: oh yeah that's right i forgot fight about upstairs the fight.
0: between I. i don't even know who was between i didn't know anyone at that point but so mm-hmm. i remember ot i didn't know who he was obviously at the time but ot mm-hmm. comes down i was like if you're not from the frat get out of here
1: and yeah, I, everyone but,
0: got kicked out and i just kind of like hid by the keg
1: i was say yeah but but i kept you i said no you're cool you can stay back it's all right don't worry <laughs> about it you don't gotta go
0: yeah and, you and uh, Santi found me at the keg
1: <laughs> yep and uh then I remembered, yes, the house cleared out, you know, everyone had their whole little drama, everything, you know, cooled down. And then I remember it just being dead in the house, and we still wanted to go find something to do. And I remember you then saying, I have a apartment just a couple of blocks away. And it was one of the on campus apartments uh, from the school. And you're like, yeah, you know, I got I, I don't have anything to eat. But like, I got a I got a kitchen. And I was, you got a kitchen. You're like, Yeah, I got a kitchen. I was like, I got a pizza. You're like, wait, you got a pizza? I was like, yeah, hold on. I got a pizza. <laughs> and, yep. then, and then I don't remember if it was Teddy's or O.T.'s that night. Two of our two of our brothers that lived in the house with us, Teddy and O.T., they worked at a pizza place, Papa Murphy's, P. Murph's, and they would always bring back pizzas. And I remember I grabbed the pizza, and then we just bolted for it back to your place. And uh, that that was the start of it all. Am I right? Yeah, we went back to my place. We cooked that pizza. And
0: then after we ate it and uh, had a few more drinks, uh, you headed out. And then, uh, yeah, and then you hit me up the next day, and we hung out again. Oh, Lord. <laughs>
1: but let's go ahead and let's transition so now that everyone knows how we met our first night and the ruckus that we caused i just want to ask you a little bit about you and the in the coaching that's in your blood because you're the child of a coach you grew up in a coaching house go ahead and talk to us a little bit about your dad's coaching career um well my old man he's coached for about 41 years
0: um all at Shamad High School. He played D two football at um, New York Tech on Long Island, and uh, yeah, so he coached football for forty one years, and uh, he was quite successful. There were I don't think he's ever had a losing season, which is pretty impressive. Um, few championships, and uh, uh, you know, it's just something that we've always I've always been around, and something I just kind of was attracted to, and the magnet just pulled me in, and um, I just knew from a young age I wanted to coach. That's something I always wanted to do. And, and then his two brothers are also coaches. They coach at Baldwin High School. One's the head coach for 38 years, 37 years, something like that. And the other one's a defensive coordinator. And they got a few championships under their belt. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been uh, pretty cool to uh, pull in the amount of knowledge that my old man has. And he's got some pretty interesting insight that, um many top level coaches I have to say don't even have because just from doing it for so long and you know he he's been doing football since what, seventh grade sixth grade whenever they started back in the old days um but yeah and he's coached with some you know guys who played in the pros someone who played for Vince Lombardi at Fordham he, he's coached with a lot of different people and uh he's been coaching for a long time and so I I've and the, now that he's retired, he gave me all this stuff. And the amount of like, I have like, I think three, three or four buckets full of just books and notes and just all sorts of random playbooks that throughout the years how the playbooks change and stuff from the veer to the the spread to the eye formation to um, you name it. There's a whole ton of different formations, but yeah, I've been involved in football my entire life, and it's something. Uh, i'm
1: very passionate about and let's go ahead and stick there because you do have experience with play calling and play design so when you look at your dad's playbooks and you're going back you know 25 30 years or whatever it might be do you ever steal a super old play and add it into yours or do you ever see any of the trick plays and go that's something i got to remember um yeah absolutely there's tons of things i see all the time and
0: i got videos from back in the 80s where he had like vhs and dvds from the 90s and where they put the film on the uh dvds and stuff Mm -hmm. So i got a ton of film too let me tell you i don't know if there's anyone who watches more film than i do i watch film probably at least an hour a day um it's something I just enjoy doing, whether it's my own team, the varsity, the JV because my school's got three levels and then uh, college video or film and pro film. I'm just always looking at it and trying to see what I can learn, what I can do, how I can implement it. And there's YouTube channels, tons of YouTube channels you could follow and watch. And they talk about, um, you know, spread offense, the air raid, and and I'll take little things from everything and trying to put it into what I can use to, you know, move down the field and score as quickly as possible and score. And there'll be teams I play against and they'll, they'll have success on it. I'm like, damn, that was a nice play. I'm like, I write it down as they're doing it. And I'll go watch the film and watch what they did and I'll take it and put it into our own offense and serve them up some of their own medicine. So um, it's, it's stuff I I like doing and getting into. Um, Yeah. I've been play calling now at Chaminade for three years. Um, I've been there for five. Uh, my dad was the play caller before I took over. And uh, it's a, something I, I love doing. It's like chess game. I don't know if of you play chess, Craig, but I'm a big fan of it. And when you can play chess and you're playing chess out on the football field, matchups between each player and uh, run game, the pass game. And, you know, they're just little details. And if they don't work, yeah, things slow down. If your offensive linemen don't step the correct way, you're not running the ball up that hole. And you know, if their head doesn't get across the body, it, it just puts you, it gets you stranded. So there's a lot of little details and a lot of things that need to be perfected and done correctly if by each person. And when you hear Bill, Bar- uh, Bill Belichick talk about do your job, it's the most simple, but the most realistic thing you could tell people, do your job stop trying to do something, someone else's job and just do your job and things will unfold the way they're supposed to.
1: And you know that I can't play chess, you know, that I can't play chess. So of <laughs> I wasn't course sure you're if you ever that. picked it up or not. Oh, come on. You know, I didn't pick that up, but uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit about long Island because we've been talking about your experiences with football on Long Island. And when people start thinking about Long Island in the greater New York city area, they automatically go to basketball. So what is it about football on Long Island that you can share with people that aren't too familiar with it? I, th- I don't think people realize
0: how much talent there really is on Long Island. As, as you can see, there's a kid from uh, Long Island. Now he's quarterback at Wisconsin. There's a kid from Long Island playing quarterback at Michigan. Um, there's a, kid up at um syracuse there's kids all over the country playing from long island and i think people forget that long island has such strong football because um there's so many high schools so a lot of it gets diluted so the teams aren't like there'll be a cut there's a few teams don't get me wrong there's a few teams that are stacked every year and play like well coached and have some great athletes but i think every team has like a few good athletes and if you put all long island team. And then you get the all city team, and like there's some talented kids that come out of New York, and I just think people don't respect New York's talent just because of the colleges surrounding it. And there you don't you have Syracuse, who's been struggling for years, Rutgers, who's changed to the Big Ten and um, has been struggling for the last few years, and you know you got one double A school, uh, Stony Brook on Long Island. Hofstra used to be a program, but no more. And I think that these smaller programs just have struggled. And if they could get the right kids in and win some top-tier games, I think they could really change the uh, dynamic and the demographics of the way football's looked at on Long Island. Because, like I said, Long Island's got some great talent. It really does. A lot lot of people have come from here.
1: Like Vinny Testaverde, he's a Long Island guy. Now, I want to ask you about coronavirus because it threw off the schedule at the nfl level it threw off the schedule at the college level but i haven't really spoken to anyone about how quarantine and restrictions on gatherings as far as number of people and all that sort of thing how it impacted the high school level. So what was your experience when it came to coronavirus and workouts and just how you were able to go about your team activities?
0: Um, well, obviously, as you know, Long you know, it's kind of a pretty liberal state for the most part. So they, right away, Governor Cuomo kind of like shut things down. And, but the Catholic League, most of the schools don't take funding from the, uh, the state so they could kind of do what they want. And uh, But they all decided at the end of the day not to have a football season. The public schools all decided right away, we're going to push everything to the f- spring. So they're going to have, you know, the winter sports start in January and then have the fall sport after the winter sport in like February, Mar- or February March, April, and then have the spring season. But uh, football was like, Oh, let's have it. And then the last minute they decided not to, and they're going to try and have it in the spring as well. But, to try and get the kids to have to do something they had decided to have a seven on seven um season so you know how everyone does in the off season they have seven on seven they go and play other schools and have a national championship for it we just did a catholic league seven on seven so um well we had 50 something kids come out for the jv so like i said there's three levels at shama freshman us and St. Anthony's were the only schools that came up with a freshman team. We had 130 kids want to try and they want to try try out for football, and they were all wanted to play flag football. So with the freshmen, we just did something amongst them. We had two uh, twice a week. We played the inner squad tournaments and broke all the kids up. Had a tournament. It was fun. Last day, you know, they had first place, fifth place, and third place, and there's six teams. It was it was fun. It was a good time. The kids enjoyed it. And then JV, we played against, and varsity, we played against other schools. Um, but uh, yeah, everyone had to wear masks. Every practices were, you know, twice a week instead of five days a week. Uh, and then games were on Saturday. Everyone had to get scanned with their temperature before you walked in. Once you got, once you pass your temperature, you go in. You have to wear a mask. And then if you've been around more than like kind of ten other people, because all these kids play like lacrosse and. Mm-hmm. other sports throughout the year so if they're at lacrosse they weren't allowed to come and play football because they were around exposed to other people so there were rules and everything and guidelines we had to follow but uh all the kids and everyone they followed the rules followed the guidelines and we were able to have a five-game schedule of seven on seven it was some good football too it was a lot of videos i i put one uh one of the catches up on uh, my youtube channel but was pretty, a pretty nice catch, but there was a ton of them. That's only one of the many, and it was fun. It was a good time. The kids enjoyed it, and I already have kids email me wanting to work out on tomorrow, try and get out there and uh, practice a little football and get better for the season coming up. They want to play ball. All these kids do. And the thing was, while they're on the field, they are allowed to take off the mask, but as soon as you were done playing, you had to put the mask back on. So if you're on the sideline, you had to wear a mask. So... They kept this restricted, but we didn't have any issues. No one got sick. No one got COVID, nothing like that. And uh, we had a nice little seven-on-seven uh, seven season.
1: Now, I want to know for some of the seniors in your program that were being recruited and really looking forward to that fall season to try and, you know, get noticed by a college or whatever it might be, how have you guys within the program as far as the coaching staff try to keep those kids focused on when they get an opportunity or what is the plan if there is no season
0: you know that's something that uh we're hoping doesn't happen that's a huge possibility that it won't happen which be unfortunate for a lot of these seniors they won't get to play a senior year of football and as you know someone trying to get a scholarship or go somewhere or has their hopes up for something. Senior year is huge for a lot of kids. They, they don't get recognized. A lot of times they get recognized senior year because they grow and they hit the weight room. Things change. Their, their body changes. So senior year is a big year for these kids. But a couple of coaches on uh, the JV and the varsity, they decided to put together a combine. So we did a combine for the seniors. A couple of juniors were invited and they they did the reps of uh if you go on the Shamanad Twitter handle shamara football they'll have they have all the kids um listed and stuff and you know they say their name where what year they are the school and then they show them doing the uh the 40 and it has their time and it has them doing the the shuffle and the cone and the bench press and the uh vertical and the uh, um long distance jump and it has like a little combine we did the video and allow these kids an opportunity to try and send stuff to coaches along with their junior tape and stuff like that. So just an opportunity for them. I know it's not the same as playing the season because the varsity is coming off a title se- uh, championship season, hoping to go back-to-back. But unfortunately uh, – and so was the JV. The JV also won the title. So, um, yeah, it's, we're hoping uh, for a lot of things this year. Fortunately, and we got an unbelievable – group of seniors the running backs phenomenal the kid finds a hole and crushes it i think he had almost two thousand yards and like 20 something touchdowns this past season so he had a good year as a junior
1: now kyle i want to switch over to ask you a few questions about wrestling because i know we talked about your mma um I guess, writing right now in your coverage in MMA, but starting out, you were also big into wrestling. You wrestled through high school, you covered wrestling, you covered the NCAA division one championships. So you have strong wrestling knowledge and a strong wrestling base. I want to ask you about what makes wrestling such a good off season sport for football players because I feel like whenever we're talking about a big 10 lineman in the draft it's always like oh he was a three-time state champion wrestler or you know even with certain linebackers you know you can just see with their aggression through the ball carrier and the way that they hit just so good with the way that they're able to absorb contact and manipulate their body so Kyle talk to me about wrestling and football how does it all go together
0: well, it's funny that you say that because uh, my old man also coached wrestling for thirty some, 38 years, 35 years. I also coach wrestling for about 10, 12 years. Um, don't currently coach high school wrestling, but um, dude, I think the one of the biggest things is toughness. Um, you know how they always talk about competition and how it, it makes you better. When the athletes go to the, I, I, I want athletes to do, like football players, I always tell them, play a sport don't just weight lift because you're not competing against weights you'll get bigger and stronger but you get you do you lift during season as well um during basketball or lacrosse whatever you do but you get bigger and you get more and you're more competitive when you play the sport so when you put when you wrestle because you don't play wrestle you wrestle um (laughs) you 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 get tougher you this toughness and then um, when you're talking about the linemen and stuff for the linebackers and how important it is for them. And I think it's important for all athletes on the football field uh, because wrestling, the wrestling stance, it, you know, Ben teaches you like a good solid stance, especially as a lineman. Uh, you want to get lower. So, right, so you want to get lower on the offensive line than D lineman. And D lineman wants to get lower than the offensive lineman. So you learn to get drop, bend your knees and don't bend at the back, bend at the, like, drop your butt you know get underneath people hand fighting um just all the toughness and footwork and not to cross your feet to shuffle and there's a lot of things that translate and i don't think people who are unsure about wrestling really understand how much of wrestling translates over to football it's uh, it's unbelievable the amount tackling for linebackers or any defensive guy that's my high school football team we were County champs my junior year, and almost the whole team was wrestlers. Uh, every almost everyone, and the head coach was a, rest, a wrestling coach. But uh, we had a, a pretty solid wrestling team through my whole high school career. And the football team was pretty good because we had a ton of wrestlers, and we knew how to hand fight and how to get underneath people, and push them forward, and just fight and toughness. And the amount of conditioning you do in wrestling is insane, and just mentally makes you tougher for football and when you, you, know, you get in those overtime situations and you're on the goal line, and you have to get that one yard to score, you, you have to run through your mind. Like, well, we, all this hard work we put in, let's get this one yard. And I think people who haven't gone through th- tough situations fail because they haven't been in those situations where you do fail every day. And wrestling is one of those things where at, it's one of the few sports where unless you're winning the state title, you're ending on a loss. So um, it's, it's tough. Like, you want to you learn mental toughness. You want to learn stance. You want to learn hand fighting. You want to You footwork, solid base. And it goes for receivers. It goes for linemen. It goes for running backs. Everything, moving your feet. When you're t- getting a double-A takedown or single, you want to drive your feet and just keep running. Same with football. When you're getting tackled as a running back and you just keep driving your feet, you're able to break tackles and keep going. It, it's just a different mindset that I don't think you have. If you say you just played uh, just lacrosse and weightlifted in the winter. Now, don't get me wrong. I played lacrosse in high school, but a lot of what lacrosse does doesn't translate over to wrestling, uh, football, because of the, uh, the way they juke and the way they run. And it's much different than uh, football. But being an athlete like that in lacrosse, a good athlete definitely helps for football but wrestling and there is no better sport than
1: wrestling for football now i just gotta ask you something random have you ever coached a quarterback that wrestled
0: uh yeah actually i have one of the kids i have a few but the kid i just coached this past season last fall he was the backup quarterback because the court of the starting quarterback was phenomenal and the backup quarter played receiver But
1: uh, the backup quarterback was a wrestler or is a wrestler. Interesting, because a lot of the, you know, the athletes that I've talked to, especially the quarterbacks, when you hear they're multi-sport guys, you know, I get a lot of football, baseball, football, basketball, baseball. I never really, you know, football, whatever, track. I never get any wrestling. So I was just wondering if quarterbacks wrestled. Um, Now, I just want to ask you something else about um, wrestling and football and how that all goes together. You talked about the conditioning aspect. I've heard some athletes say they shy away from wrestling. If they're a football player, because they're afraid they're going to lose too much size with the wrestling workouts. How can you talk about that? And what can uh, a high school athlete do if they do want to wrestle and they're worried about losing a bunch of size due to the intensity of wrestling?
0: you know i've heard that myth too and you know a lot of guys do because a lot of high school kids will lose a lot of weight but a lot of it has to do with their body growing and stuff and they're just thinning out and leaning out so by the time they're juniors and seniors they they're thinner and they're like oh they blame it on wrestling because the amount of conditioning but there's plenty of big guys who keep their weight on and it comes down to uh one of the key factors in sports and high school gets lost a lot of times and i try to emphasize it with the kids is how you eat eating healthy and um how many calories you take in taking because if you can put more calories on keep like a good calories too i'm not talking about like mcdonald's and fast food junk but if you could eat a lot of food and keep your weight up um you know wrestling yeah you want to maintain weight but from the end of wrestling season, which is mid-March or early March, all the way to August by the start of the football season, if they can't gain by weightlifting or um, eating correctly and put the weight back on, then they're not trying. That's, that's my thought. That means they just want to keep a certain body style because if you want to be ready for and be the football player you want to be, you'll put the weight on. You'll Whether it's weightlifting or eat, and the way you eat, you can put the weight
1: back on. And now Kyle, the last thing before we get out of here, and I'll let you get back to your night. When you think about where we are today in terms of player safety and everything that's being made about head injuries in football, is there anything that you've seen with your athletes that are also wrestlers? Are they a little bit, more aware of head placement and different things like that would you say that they're actually more safety aware or play safer than people that don't wrestle
0: um to be honest I never thought about that but I guess that makes sense like well they would understand what head placement a little bit better Mm -hmm. but I think that comes down to just coaching in general because that's when I like as like a freshman coach like the emphasis of head up is the amount of kids you'll be surprised i have i'll have 130 kids try out for the football team for just the freshman level we cut and keep 60 and throughout tryouts and when we start tackling no matter what we do as soon as we put a helmet on the first day everything is always head up head up head up head up tackle with your head up use your shoulder tackle head up like never put your head down and a lot of times these, you'll see in games and scrimmages these kids put their heads down and people, the coaches don't pull them out. I, guys, if a kid on my team does it, we rip them out of the game and yell at them. But, you know, not like to destroy the, to ruin the kids like, um, like, uh, trying to lack of a better word, just their uh, – His morale. Yeah, thank you. His morale like but like you show them that you're concerned for them because that's the number one thing you you're worried about their safety because people think by putting your head down you're going to hurt them but you're more than likely going to hurt yourself before you hurt them and you know you don't want to be rolling around in a wheelchair because you put your head down to to hit some kid you might be mad at because he ran over you to play before it's stupid it's a high school game you got your whole life ahead of you so keep your head up. And if a Kiki keeps putting his head down, we'll, we'll take, we'll bench him for the day. And I don't think enough coaches do that, but I do think they're like, and that's what little league always makes me worried because a lot of coaches don't teach the head up or don't know enough mm-hmm. to teach with the mm-hmm. heads up. And we do have to take uh, like a concussion course and stuff like that in order to be, uh, in order to coach each year and just a refresher and something to make sure you, every coach knows what they're doing and stuff. So, um, but that's, to me, that's super important is teaching head placement and keeping your head up and just doing the right thing. And like first day they get the helmets, we make them read the back of the helmet. Uh, that's the warning sticker. And we don't pull mm-hmm. that off and have to read it. So they understand how important
1: it is. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Kyle Carroll, high school football coach at Shaman High School on Long Island and also an MMA reporter and writer for MyMMANews.com. We just spent a little bit of time diving into Kyle's brain, learning a little bit about the football culture on Long Island and some of the correlation between wrestling and football and how it can help not only your offensive linemen, but all of your athletes in your program. So, ladies and gentlemen... Hey, everybody, Craig Forstall. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of That Sports Guy's podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy to catch all the latest updates and podcast episodes. Until next time, stay safe and be easy.